0: Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast. We invite anyone listening to the podcast to join us live on Zoom or by phone and share your thoughts on the issues that we discuss. We also invite listeners to send questions, comments, and feedback to our email address, which is show at protonmail.com. Good afternoon, Ed, Jody, Mike.
1: Good afternoon, everyone.
0: I was gonna say we can always guess who Jody is, but that already gets me in trouble. (laughs) So I don't don't wanna go there. So in no particular order on another week where there's so much fast and furious going on in the news that literally an hour before a show, you can tear up all your notes. um, I guess since I'm a New Yorker, the only one still stuck here, we need to discuss Cuomo resigning. I know we spoke about it last week. Mm -hmm. I know I was not betting heavily that he would. I started to change my mind when, uh, what's her name, Rosa, I believe her name, his sidekick, who's been defending him all along and hiding for him when she quit a couple of days ago. But I I was not predicting he would for sure quit. And the interesting points that we may wanna talk about is we're not the only ones talking about he's resigning over this, but what about all the nursing home deaths? Interestingly enough, I see that Blagojevich, the ex-con Trumpist is ripping into Cuomo for not having to pay for the nursing home deaths and thinks he's gonna get, excuse me, thinks he's gonna get away with it by resigning, which may or may not be true. Another pundit who wrote, the reason he's resigning for this is the nursing home deaths implicate other governors and this is only taking him down. And one other article that I literally just saw a couple of minutes ago is on Breitbart mentioning that Cuomo is the seventh powerful New York Democrat to have resigned in disgrace since 2006. And really? you know, Spitzer, Schneider, really? you're not from New York, you may not follow Spitzer, Schneiderman, Silver, Patterson, three, and it's three straight governors.
2: You guys are
3: worse off than Illinois. I thought we were kind of holding that torch of the most crooked governors. Look yeah, that's at you guys getting it done.
0: It's really, it's unbelievable. You'd think that somebody would get a hint and vote in another party, but I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah, well, they, they had Wacky Pataki for a long time, didn't they? But he didn't resign in disgrace. I know. But, and yeah. since then, they all have. So
3: You got to understand, it's not the party I'm just saying this is what those voters believe. It's not a problem with the party. It's just, it's kind of like socialism. It's not a problem with socialism. It's just these certain people who don't do it right.
0: Yeah, the only problem is that Cuomo was a demigod. Apparently you can get his Cuomo sexual shirts on Amazon for very cheap right now. (laughs) And apparently they're taking down some of the ridiculous fawning interviews of him that have been posted though. I haven't heard that they're taking back his Emmy. And as we know, Biden said he did a damn good job. So, of course, Biden-
2: Well, he be- did do a good damn good job in helping to take Trump down. And I think it's noteworthy that all these allegations began right after Biden was named the winner in the election. And I think that he served a usefulness. He was a contrast to Trump. They used him for, to, to contrast someone in the Democrat Party to Trump. When they couldn't use Biden for that purpose. Mm. And I think I think, I mean, as I said last week when I predicted that he would quit, I think that the Democrat, the, the Democrats in power fear him. And as soon as as soon as he became a, you know, he's a threat to Kamala. And I don't think Biden is going to make it beyond much beyond the midterms. If he does make it beyond the midterms, I don't think he's going to run for re-election. And I think that this is all about. Primarily protecting Kamala and protecting the Democrat and com- you know the Democrats' reelection campaign in 2024. I think it's secondarily about protecting those other governors, but I don't think it's really about protecting those other governors. I think that that's a small part of it, but I just think that this is about protecting Kamala from from Cuomo running against her. Those so- other governors <laughs> they
1: don't need protection because nothing is ever going to happen to them anyway.
2: Nothing is going to happen to Phil Murphy, believe Phil Murphy, yes. But I mean, you know, for instance, Wolf in Pennsylvania is still, there's still a lot of Republicans in Pennsylvania. Whitmer has a lot of Republicans and a Republican legislature in Michigan. So, I mean, I think it's possible that that's a, a consideration for some of these other states. I agree that Murphy is an untouchable person for them, but so what?
0: I agree with you. In part, Ed, I disagree with you. I'm surprised to hear you say it's to protect Kamala because my impression from on the show and otherwise is that a lot of them have sort of given up on Kamala and maybe they're grooming somebody else because Kamala is such an unbelievable dud. So you really think that she's a viable force?
2: Well, let me, let me say it a little bit differently. I, I can see that possibility that maybe they'll, there's going to be some other person other than Kamala, but I think more generally, Cuomo is, he's not controllable. He's, he's a, he's an independent person. He's got, you know, his father as, as a, and his, you know, his father as a previous political legacy. He's got his brother on CNN. He's a little less easy for them to control. And, and he's a very articulate, smart guy and a big mouth. And I just think that he was too powerful for them. And I don't think, I think they're afraid of having to deal with him and they don't think they can control him the way they can control Biden, the way they can control Kamala, the way they can control most of them. I mean, they can't control Bernie and look what they, and I think that's why they torpedoed Bernie when it looked like Bernie was running away with the nomination. Well, I I would would say this
0: thousand percent correct on that. Um, Again, I think I asked this question last week, who the they is?
2: I think it's the leaders of the Democrat party. I think I think it's very likely that it's Obama behind the scenes. But in front of the cameras, I think it's Schumer and Pelosi.
0: Which is also interesting because now the rumor is Pelosi's going to get out soon.
2: Well, she's got one foot in the grave. I mean, how long is she going to be able to stay even if she wants to stay?
0: There's a few stories out that she's quitting after, you know, after this cycle is over. So I, I don't even know if she's
1: controlling the part. I just don't know. It's an interesting. Mike, what did you want to say? I was just going to say, like, I, I, I'm I'm sure that um, Andrew Cuomo wasn't going to be controllable, but I, I think the other issue—he's just not. I, I don't see him quite in the AOC, uh, Rashada, what's her name? Talib. I don't I don't see him in that boat of the really radical crazies. I see him as a an establishment machine politician, you know. And I I, I think that's the other problem that they may have had with him is that he would not necessarily go along with some of their really crazy crap.
3: Well, you know, back to what Steve said, you know, Kamala is a dud. And maybe that's like Ed kind of articulated what they like. And that's what sets Cuomo apart is that he's not exactly a dud. He's not going to be controllable.
0: No, but they're worried Kamala can't win. I mean, there's a lot of stories out there that they're petrified. She has no prayer.
3: Wait a minute. Okay. First of all, (sighs) Well, I don't want I'm I'm going to put on my uh, tinfoil hat, suggest that in the future that will be irrelevant if it's not already, whether or not somebody can win when they can control darn near everything. But already, I I mean, just in my state, really, the crazy the things that the left gets away with during campaign cycles. I mean, even what we see with Cuomo here, he's literally getting away with murder. So I don't see how that's a problem for Democrats. They could put up anybody crazy and they could have the media articulate a narrative that has absolutely nothing to do with reality about that person. Like Joe Biden. So I'm saying, so I don't understand why any of that is a factor for them. All they have to do, and it seems to me, Is find someone they can control because they can control the narrative of all of it. Even if they've murdered others, they can tell you. They will parade that person around as a hero.
0: I think the question is if that were true, they may have pushed Kamala, but they couldn't get her up to one percent in the polls. So it's true they can push people out there, but she may be so so toxic and so bad that they can't. But I guess that remains to be seen.
2: Well, and I guess you
0: guys you guys saw the Secret Service the other day having to tell Biden how to get into the White House?
3: <laughs> I did not I saw the video
2: yeah. clip.
0: There's like a 20-second video clip of him literally kind of like stumbling, not knowing which way is the door. And oh the, my God. So that's pitiful. so sad. It's so pitiful. I mean Ugh. and he called the lid apparently Monday before noon and he sort of lives in Delaware. It really is pitiful for us as a country and for him as a human being and for his family what they're doing.
2: Really sad. Just remember, the less he does, the better the day is for America. Um, Um,
3: He's not doing something doesn't mean his levers that control him aren't. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because he's quiet doesn't mean they're not. I know
2: what you mean. I know what you mean, but the presidency is a big bully pulpit. And I think if, if anything, it helps us to have a complete moron misfit. That's why I say, it's
3: almost better if he does stuff so that can be illuminated to more, you know, that that, that part of where he is can can sort of be a little more transparent. Don't keep him quiet, keep him out there.
0: I mean, I guess that segues into the infrastructure bill, um, which is without, you know, this great dynamic president out there leading, we have McConnell, thank God, working hard for Biden, and they passed what was it, the 1.2 trillion. And I'm a little confused because there's a 1.2 trillion, but there's also a 3.5 trillion. And Pelosi won't give them the 1.2 unless they give the 3.5 or vice versa. That can or like that. I mean, we're talking in numbers that are so ridiculous, ridiculously astronomical. And yet I find myself screaming at the television that Trump wasn't exactly not spending money either. And you know, we're just a 4.7 trillion is off the charts, but we're a little hypocritical yelling about deficits when every four years we forget about deficits,
2: which well, I, think that I don't, might I be don't know a, that we do. <laughs> that I might mean, be a valid point, but to me the, the, the real contrast for me is comparing the Republicans in, in Congress to the Democrats in the, in the Texas Senate that ran away. The Republicans should be doing everything in their power to stop this. And the fact that I think 19 of them voted in the Senate in favor, it's an absolute disgrace. Every last one of them needs to be primaried and defeated. And
3: I don't,
2: I don't see how a Democrat in that seat is any worse for us than having Republicans that vote the wrong way like that. Yeah, I mean,
0: didn't Trump endorse McConnell?
2: He did. Because I mean, when push comes We can talk to about shove, Trump. I, I think Trump needs, he needs to pivot or he needs to shut up, but we can talk about that too.
0: But the point is that when push comes to shove, the Hatches and the McConnells and everybody else, when push comes to shove, they get the people in power to endorse them most of the time as incumbents. And that's part of the problem. You know, Bongino keeps saying, and I think he's not the only one to say it, that so many Republicans are Democrats, no Democrats are Republicans. So, I mean, McConnell is an absolute, unbelievable, unmitigated disaster. A man who wouldn't give infrastructure to Trump, but gives it to Biden for a bigger price. And am I the only American screaming that we just spent a trillion dollars on infrastructure when Obama was elected? Why is nobody screaming about that?
3: That was (laughs) one of the things I, like, is anybody else experiencing deja vu? Because it's not just that. It's they're using the same language. Oh, it's all paid for. I'm just waiting for the words shovel ready to be. There you go. No, no, no,
1: no,
0: no, no, no. But
3: they're coming really close to stuff. It's so beautiful sounding. It's all paid for. Um, It's going to create jobs for 10 years. It's going to do all these amazing things. You know, somebody
0: called me out from Jersey yesterday complaining about the roads always being, you know, under repair, which since (laughs) I'm in New York, 40 years on and off, everything's always under repair. And yet, are we all forgetting Obama's trillion dollars? What exactly yeah. did that do that we're now putting $4 trillion to do it again? Where's well, everybody
1: yelling about that? Well, we, we know it, it all just gets spread around to their special interests and it has nothing to do with infrastructure or roads. I mean, in New Jersey, we got whacked with the gas tax a few years ago and Christie was responsible for it going around, along with Democrats. And that money's not really going to the roads either. They're paying off old debt. There's an escalator clause in the tax. so basically, if they don't get enough money, every year, it automatically goes up. Um, you know, this is where we're at. I mean, honestly, like, I almost shrugged after they passed the the bill in the Senate, because I think we're just so beyond just the money part of it. we're we're sc- so screwed culturally. We're so screwed in terms of the system that we have. I mean, how do you end up with Republican nineteen Republicans voting for something like this? because they're so, They're so separated from the base of the party. They don't give a crap. I mean, you know, we have Congress that, you know, 95% of the things they do, they're not supposed to do. It's unconstitutional. The whole bill's unconstitutional. I mean, what are we supposed to do at this point? We've been fighting- Like they
0: always say, Mike, they always say, what do they think we're stupid? We are stupid. We keep voting these same people in. They didn't go there by themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we, we've we wow. talked about this to we're, we're blue in the face. The Republican Party sucks. The GOP, especially in Congress, sucks. In the Senate, it's worse. They don't, they're not about to fight for us. But, you know, we were fighting this fight 12 years ago, like Jody said, when it was the Porculus bill. And the Tea Party was at its height, you know, trying to fight all this stuff and, and fight against all the debt, you know? But it's, it still hasn't changed. I mean, <laughs> you know, the problems just are, are much deeper than one Uh, You know, another crazy, ludicrous spending bill. Apparently, this bill has in it, I mean, I haven't read it, but apparently it has
0: in it that their contracts have to go to minorities first. (laughs) And I mean, it has so much junk in it. It's unbelievable. And it's seemingly only being attacked from the left. It's Pelosi and AOC apparently saying you can't spend this unless you give us even more of what we want.
1: Well, it's never enough. We
2: know that.
0: She wanted well, there are some money. other
2: provisions that are being attacked from the right, though. I mean, there was the cryptocurrency stuff. Uh, you had an article about that in our show notes. Uh, yeah. There's also the provision about, uh, what was it, the mileage tracker and the, and the breathalyzer tracker that they're going to require to be installed mm-hmm. in new cars.
0: But yeah. the, the right already voted for it. That's the problem. In other words, our side has already surrendered to the bill.
2: Well, not our whole side. I mean, there's still opposition voices. We just got outvoted.
0: We got outvoted. But their side is saying we're not going to pass the bill unless we get even more of what we want. That's what's so stunning
2: here. They're going right. to open up the bill to get more. We should, we should, we should scream louder with them.
3: Speaking of screaming louder, can I go on record right now um, for saying because all of those provisions that are going to further jack up the cost of a car? Um, the people who are going to be screaming the most are going to be the middle class and the, and the, poor as well. They should, but let us be honest about why those costs for those cars are going to, are going to skyrocket even further, making it harder for them to get into the economic ladder, which requires transportation. All of the cars are too expensive. That's only going to get worse. And nobody's going to connect back to, oh, look at how bad government regulations further Scales the cost of living that further hurts the middle class and the lower end. That's just how it goes. And here we go with another round. Another round. round. I
2: I agree with you, Jody, but I I got to just—I sort of have a different take on it. I mean, our biggest problem is not material. It's not a materialist problem. It's not too many taxes. It's a cultural problem. I mean, you know, with with respect to this particular issue. I don't think that the increased cost of the car is nearly as big a deal as.
3: I'm just saying they'll make privacy. it a big deal. In five I, don't think it's
2: ten- as, I don't think it's as big a deal as, as the loss of privacy rights. If they're able to start tracking how far your car goes, where <laughs> it goes, you know, what you're doing in your car. Yeah. I mean, but what
3: I'm saying is five to 10 years, what the left and what they're going to be screening about is the cost of the car, not the loss of privacy. I'm just trying to say ahead of time, this is why these are, I mean, look at the, look at the big cities. This is, that is what
0: they scream about. It you know, you know Jody, mean, to your point, why don't, do we have affordable housing and not affordable cars? Why don't they demand no that for every car sold at full price, they should sell another car at half price because the same logic. Oh, I, it, but, but
1: isn't this what the left wants? They want the cars off the road. So what, who's well, going to off the road? <laughs> Unless yeah.
0: electric, and then they want to, they need the
1: mileage tax because of the electric cars. There's I mean, joke of all of this. I mean, we, we have oppressive taxes everywhere, and people scoff and sneeze at that anymore. You know what I mean? Is you know, we're there... going to
0: move to COVID in a minute, but I'm thinking about something. They want to do the breathalyzer test, and I forget what else they want to put into these cars. I think COVID kills more people than alcohol related accidents, whether that's true or not. So why don't they already put a COVID test into the car and you can't drive until you pass a COVID test? And I really hate that. I don't give think you should give them any
2: ideas. I, 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 I wouldn't I, be surprised I, if they do it.
0: I mean, really, why, why not? If you have to breathe in and show what do you call it? maybe you should have to cut a hair off and make sure you're not, you know, doing marijuana, you know, which is put all the tests in there and then run your social credit score. And then if you get through all of that, you know, when you turn on your modern car now, it goes through that quick rundown, all the computerized stuff. So it'll also be, you know, alcohol test, marijuana test, COVID test, social credit What did you test, vote for test? And then it'll, and then it'll let you know if you're allowed to drive or not. Are you the right minority to drive? Right. And, you know, so is your car too expensive for you right now?
3: Did you tweet the wrong tweet test? What was it's your last It's really
0: tweet? unbelievable. Can't start. But you know, what we joked about and what we predict when we're wearing tinfoil hats two years down the road, you don't need the tinfoil hat to predict it. They're actually, you know, they're actually trying to do this stuff. So when Ed, when you say privacy, whoo, what's even left? I mean, our cars are already hooked up to everything. It's just seemingly the government hasn't stolen as much data from cars as they have from phones. And you add in what Apple wants to do now.
3: Wait, which, which what, what which do you mean?
2: Make- yeah.
0: You know, I don't know which, which one of us have iPhones.
3: Me.
2: I've got an iPhone. So iPhone is
0: saying the operating system is going to scan everybody's phones for child pornography. Well, that's a really small step from there to scanning it for everything else. And once we say they can scan our phones for something that may be illegal or detrimental to society, there's not much left.
3: Yeah. I'm going to take it a step further. Oh, sorry, Ed.
2: I was just going to say, not only that, but if they can scan our phone to see if there's child pornography on it, they can put the child pornography on our phone in the first place. I mean, if they but have access.
0: Okay, Ed, you're just saying what I'm saying. That You said it with a tinfoil hat for two years. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's really scary. And if, for those of us who think it's insane to say they would set us up, I show you Governor Whitmer being kidnapped on January 6th. Very scary. It is. So that's the infrastructure. Should we move on to COVID? Why not? I have (laughs) 100,000 stories about COVID that tick me off. You know, I used to be upset about the hypocrisy of what the other side does. And now I look at it more as there's nothing that makes the fact that they're lying about everything as clear as what they can do publicly. So two weeks ago, it's the, you know, the D.C. mayor having a party right before she closes down all the parties. And then it's the Obama party, which was stripped down, I think, to 498 guests. And then it's the Rashida Tlaib dancing without a mask at a wedding. And I think the point isn't hypocrisy, because like Ed always reminds us, it's not even hypocrisy anymore. But why are we taking them seriously? Of course, they say, you know, if Obama was really worried about global warming, he wouldn't be out there on that island that he paid all that money. Sure. And yet we're not allowed to say, this is just proof over and over and over that this is all an incredible lie beyond all the other proofs that all this is an incredible
3: lie. So I'll go back to my earlier point of why Democrats don't have to worry about the candidates they put up because they literally get to control the narrative. Reality is irrelevant. And this is just, I think this is another example And I'll instead of Democrats, although, yes, but the left, they just they literally get to deny reality and repaint it with their own brush. That's how much power they have, I think, over culture, because ultimately they're very effective at getting the mindset of the masses and politics just follows. I I I want to
0: ask you something, Jody, and don't take this personally, but do you consider yourself sophisticated? No, you know, okay. because that is the new test. <laughs> I know the new test for having a birthday party without a mask is, are you sophisticated? I <laughs> thought I was sophisticated. I have a graduate degree. It's not from a fancy school. Ed, you got to be sophisticated, right? You got a big degree.
2: I'll leave that to others. to. to I mean, conclude. I think you're
0: sophisticated. That's the new test. And I guess they could put that into your car as well. And you're right, Jody. They do control the narrative, although that one went a little bit over the top. So there's some <laughs> pushback. You know, I look at the constant stories out here. You know, Israel's got another drug. It says 88% of the people are getting out of the hospital using this drug. Again, therapeutics, not this masking stuff. Constant, constant stories about other ways to treat this, other ways to beat this. And yet we're still with the mask, the vaccines. And then the constant stories of clamping down right before the show, California announced it's going to make all school employees through the vaccines and masks, including janitors and, I guess, gardeners and everybody else. And yet, they just keep pushing from the one side and lying from the other side. So that just...
2: Did California mention whether they're going to require UPS and U.S. Postal Service workers that come on campus for deliveries to, to be vaccinated?
0: That's a pretty interesting idea, too. Which is going to get to the next thing that we're going to talk about, which you mentioned right before this show. You have states rebelling against the feds, and then you have localities rebelling against the states, seemingly in both directions. There are seemingly localities that don't want mass mandates rebelling against states who do, and then localities rebelling to have mass mandates when states don't want them to have. You have courts seemingly mixing in on both sides of this as well. Some courts saying the states can make the rules and some courts saying the states can't make the rules. And I find it all kind of confusing, but you know, it, it makes us think about, okay, federalism says states have the power, the federal government doesn't. But where does that leave us when it's localities against the states? Who should have the power and how do we be intellectually consistent?
2: I think the way we are intellectually consistent is to prime is to prioritize individual liberty and individual decision-making. I mean, uh, it, it, dictatorship is no better whether it's localized or, or nationalized. And I think that should be our lodestar that government laws or government edicts have to be in promotion of, of individual liberty to be justified. Protecting, protecting decision-making at any level just because it's government decision-making is, is not, I don't think that's, that should be our lodestar.
0: Okay, so you're saying it's not inconsistent to state that DeSantis in Florida and other governors can ban max, mask and vaccine mandates, because that's pro-liberty, um, while saying that governors in other states can't do the opposite and enforce mask mandates against localities because that's anti liberty. Yeah, right. that's, that's,
3: banning mask mandates is pro liberty. Liberty would be, to, I have a, I have a hard time seeing a ban on mask mandates as pro liberty, because to me, liberty would be do what you're going to do. If no, you're we're talking about be- like
0: in schools, in public schools, okay? So you have public schools in various localities saying we're going to enforce mask mandates, even though the governor said we can't. So it's still public.
3: I know, but, all right, but can't you keep it local? Can't you keep, well, I guess maybe in a state you can't, but why can't the schools decide?
0: Well, if the school decides, that's still not liberty. Liberty is only individual. Isn't that what we're saying?
2: Well, that's what I'm saying, right? And I mean, I, you, know, you, you mentioned earlier that I, I've, been, I've been saying for a long time on this show that the left is not hypocritical they're consistently anti-liberty. Yeah. And we need to be consistent in the exact same way. We need to be pro-liberty regardless. I mean, if we sometimes in fighting the left, we're going to have to have an active government that strikes down some of this anti-liberty anti some of the anti-liberty measures that the left is imposing. If they want to mask up our children, if they want to commit child abuse on our children and force them to get vaccines that they don't need and that can harm them, Darn right, I want my governor to say, hell no, you can't do that. And I want him to cut off funding to those school districts. I want him to sue them if they have if he if he has to. I want him to be affirm to affirmatively step in and protect our liberty. That's the whole point of having a government. I mean, we have anarchist viewers that watch that might, that listen to the show that might say, we don't need a government at all. But I don't believe that. I think we do need a government, and the purpose of government is to affirmatively protect our rights. And when local governments are trampling individual rights, we need other governments uh, at different levels to, to protect us, whether it's the state or whether it's the feds.
0: All right, so I have bad news, Ed, you're convincing me that you're right. Awful.
3: Wait, I but have awful one more- because okay. you're Please. saying
0: that our consistent Look. position is gonna be that we support whichever level of government fights for individual so,
1: liberty so what happens I'm, I'm trying to put this out loud a little bit okay let's say it is put in the hands of localities in terms of schools public schools let's just take in terms of having masks right the governor stays silent school board say silent and all the parents come together and then you have one faction over here and they're like my kid's in danger, I'm in danger, you got to wear a mask. And you have the other set of parents over here and they're saying, I don't want my kid wearing a mask. I'm not getting my kid vaccinated. I don't think they need to wear a mask. How do we arrive at something where in liberty is maintained in a situation? Where it, okay, it's, again, it's not governor. Let, let's just say 51% of parents went out and they're the pro-mask people, Yeah. right? Where does that leave the 49%? You see what I'm saying?
2: I, I, no, I'm, I don't see what I'm, you're saying, Mike. What no, if 51% I'm, decide we're going to institute slavery? Do you want the state to turn it, step in or the feds to step in and say, oh, no, you're not? Of course you do.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm bringing this up because I, I saw a friend make a post, and she's got an immunocompromised child. And I think you know where I'm going with this. It's like, you know, she wants the mask. She's worried about her kid. What's the harm in your kid putting a mask on for my kid? It's a small thing to ask, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, it's just... an ask. That's the whole point. It's an ask. It's, it can't but, be a mandate, uh, but, it, but it's not okay. And I would say, to, I would say to her, if your mask works, if your vaccine works, you don't need to mask and vaccine anybody else. And if it doesn't work, then you have no business trying to ma- mask or vaccine anyone else.
3: You know what? Can but, I draw a little, cor- I have a, a correlation is, yeah people with, um, peanut allergies, you know, these people live in danger. Some of them e- extreme danger, even just from s- peanut oil. Right. So yeah, even going to someone's house now I have Halloween parties every year, or e- at least I used to and years, I mean, I served candy with nuts. I served all that, you know, not even thinking cause I didn't have a kid with a peanut allergy and it was years later that one of the mom i realized one of the kids that was coming every year had a peanut allergy and i said to the mom oh my gosh i'm so sorry i had no idea and she said don't be sorry it's not your responsibility to protect my kid it's my, it's our responsibility to exactly teach him how to protect himself and live freely in the world that exists exactly so i'm just saying maybe there's a little bit of correlation there i i, I you know i emphasize, emphasize emphasize you know that word
0: with empathize that's
3: what i mean
0: yeah but the problem is jody working uh, the opposite way aren't our school all schools pretty much compelled to be peanut-free zones they are
1: and 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 gun-free zones
0: and by the way i think it's even worse than that because my understanding is there are a lot of scientists who say the reason why all of a sudden so many people are allergic to peanuts is because we didn't expose them Mm -hmm. peanuts and other things at a young enough age to build immunity so that we almost did this to ourselves. So I think your peanut analogy is a really good analogy, but we have forced so many places to not serve peanuts because of the 1% or one 10th of a percent, whatever it is that have these allergies. We literally, you can't have peanuts at any party, at any affair ever. So I think it's a great analogy. And I think your friend who is saying that is not the majority of people.
3: No.
1: what you're asking, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just just trying to grapple with the whole situation in in a sense. And, uh, you know, ultimately... The the answer is if you and all your friends decide, you know what, we
0: feel for these people and we're okay, then that's still voluntary. But like Ed makes the good point. If 51% want to force you to do it, then where are you going to draw that line? And, And I think that's a good point. So it once it's no longer voluntary, it's no longer kosher, right? Ed, you won!
3: Woo! What else is new? Go, oh, Ed!
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jody.
3: That's why we love you. Okay, that's not the only reason, but.
0: Well, let's go on. Among the reasons, you know, we have this whole eviction thing, but still. So the Supreme Court says, but doesn't say, you can't have an eviction moratorium. Biden says, screw you, I'm going to have eviction moratorium. Seemingly, there are judges who are saying you can, and there are judges who are saying you can't. I saw one article right before the show where somebody really lambasted the Supreme Court for saying that you can violate the constitution for 30 days, where did they get that right from? And I just, it all goes back to, we're in this kind of lawless, crazy place where COVID and the fear, like you say, almost like the peanut thing. And by the way, once COVID's over, if that ever happens, we could just do this whole thing over with peanuts. Maybe well, we should wear masks.
1: You know, it, it's funny you make that, that comment about when it's over, because at this point, I mean, I was saying last year there was going to really be no end in sight to this, but we were told we just got to get the vaccine. You got to get the vaccine. Well, now we got a vaccine and there's still no end in sight. And I think it's even worse than it was a year ago because we have, as I mentioned, uh, you know, with my friend and obviously there's a lot, a lot of other people that believe in these mandates. And it's to the point where People are going to lose their, their jobs if they don't get the vaccine, right? They can't, they, they can't go to school. They can't do whatever in life. They can't live their life. But every time there's a variant or something, and there's another reason to instill fear in everybody, they're going to say, put the masks on, mandate, lockdown. And at this point, I, I honestly don't see a way out. Um, I, I don't see a way out because I don't think there's going to be ever really any way to eradicate the virus completely. It's, I think it's here to stay. And, uh, you know, people have to make a choice as to whether they're going to go on living or not. And I see a lot of people who don't want to go on living and they want to put a gun to our head and tell us what to do in every respect. So well, remember I, think we're, I think we're in a lot of trouble. I think, I think this is potentially reaching a real boiling point. Honestly. Fauci
0: said the other day he understands that people want their freedom, <laughs> but we can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's also interesting that some of the opposition is going to come from the left, because I just saw like the California teachers are now protesting against some of these mandates. And maybe maybe some of this salvation will come from the left when they realize it's their oxes being gored.
2: I don't think so, Steve, because I think I think this is a larger issue. I don't think it's just covid. I think. Going back to. I think it's about the 1840s, the left has been trying to make socialism scientific. You know, Ludwig von Mises wrote about scientific socialism, and they have been trying to make the case that rule by experts is the way to an enlightened society. And they've tried lots of different things. They tried socialism. They tried climate change and global warming. And they finally found something that stuck. And they may argue and quibble about certain details when it, when their ox gets gored, as you said. But I think that the fundamental here is they finally found their scientific socialism that they can get people to follow. And if they can't get them to follow, they've got control of the government and they'll put a gun in your face and make you do it. Um, so I think that that's really what this is all about. It's about enshrining rule by experts. and. You know, we The way to respond to that is to say, even if you're right about the science, which you're not, but even if you were, we are a free people. We don't have rule by experts. We're not going to have a dictatorship of the philosopher kings. We're not going to have a dictatorship of the experts. That's not the, that's not the way and the path to a more enlightened society. The way to a more enlightened society is to promote individual liberty and individual choice and to liberate individuals from the government and from other individuals. Let people make their own decisions for themselves as much as is practicable. And I think that's the way we have to fight it.
0: Now, it's interesting that you have Rand Paul publicly calling for civil disobedience. I know he's echoing the show, specifically Ed on this show, but I think it's it's pretty fascinating that it's getting to the point where people from the conservative side yeah, I know Indians a little libertarian, obviously, but calling for civil disobedience and really saying what you're saying only louder, that, you know, freedom is is the main thing and we have to fight for it and stop backing down, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I mean, Laura Ingram's been talking about it too. And I think, uh, you know, Ivan was mentioning we need to start rebelling last week. The key that I I think to me
2: is we have to stop arguing about so much about whether their science is right or wrong i mean we should we shouldn't stop pointing out that their science is wrong but every argument we should we should make the point even if you're right you're still not right even if the science did say what you said you still don't get to tell me what to do that's that's the way we have to fight this
1: ed i think you really hit the nail on the head um i know you commented on one of my facebook posts about masks this week and i had a couple of liberal friends coming back at me. And I, I think you're right. I, I, at this point, I, we really shouldn't give a, a, a hoot about what the science says per se, right? But it's, it, it is about our liberty and about telling them, you can't tell me what to do. It's my life. Stop telling me what to do and everybody else what to do.
3: Okay, but that's when they come in with the moral high ground win and it's very effective. It's, it's i think the but fear our moral about, high
2: ground is we believe in your right to choose for yourself
3: no but that's not the moral high ground they stand on false moral high ground often but their moral high ground and that subject is how dare you not care about anybody but yourself how dare you yeah. see some of the language they're using now that one woman i can't remember who, how dare
2: you talk to me that way
3: was saying basically kids without masks are murderers going into schools i mean this is the language <laughs> I mean, that's-
2: Well, right. your governor's he, are the ones who murdered people in the, in the nursing homes. You know, you guys know all about murdering well, other people.
3: Uh, like, uh, perfect. That's, <laughs> there you go. It's but so
0: fascinating about this argument, for those of us who are really, really old. Remember the- Murdering
3: early, fetuses, by the way.
0: The early 80s, about? when it was the exact opposite argument with HIV and any attempt to out somebody with HIV and any attempt to curb behavior that could spread HIV was absolute, (laughs) and you were a horrible person for suggesting that somebody who could spread HIV should be boxed in by anything whatsoever. And now we have, and we would say, but but you're killing people out there. No, no, you can't destroy our privacy and you can't take away our rights, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I don't know how many people are yelling. I'm going back to the H word, the hypocrisy word, of course, But how are we playing it both ways? And it was both the scientific communities, if I remember correctly. The rules are all different. Now, if you have COVID and HIV, then are you allowed to infect somebody else? Like which one trumps, excuse the expression, the other?
2: Good question.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because we remember that debate and we were trying to protect society from dying. And that was when HIV was a death sentence.
3: Wasn't Fauci in a position of authority then too?
0: Yes, he was, come to think of it. I just, again, the the utter hypocrisy is absolutely mind blowing. Mm -hmm. How they can play the exact same argument on the same health issue of people murdering people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if when people said that if you have HIV, you should have to carry some kind of ID and people have to know you carry HIV, and people honestly thought that if you brushed up against somebody, it was the death sentence. That was a horrible thing. And now with COVID, we're the exact opposite place. You have to literally tell everybody, you know, I'm not vaccinated. You almost have to wear a star.
2: Well, and I think that's because the response to COVID is not about protecting the public health. It's about cementing the Democrats' control on power. That's really what it's all about. I mean, it's what, you know, I was saying a few minutes ago about scientific socialism and trying to have a rule by experts, they don't really care whether the science is right or not. That's why it's, I mean, it's, it's almost always wrong in the COVID situation, but they don't care. They want to glom on to the prestige of science and the prestige of experts and use that uh, unearned prestige and, and authority to justify their rule over the rest of us.
3: You want to know what's funny? You could make a book, actually. Actually, I'm working on it. Um, about all the times the experts said, and then they were wrong. So society being run by experts is a really scary place to be heading.
0: No, but you're, you're totally right, Ed. You know, you're ascribing it to people specifically, but you're right. America is the one society that was built not to be run by experts. Even if we're wrong and they're right, we have a right to live our own lives. We have a right to smoke. We have a right to drink, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Matter of fact, back in the eighties, people had a right to have unprotected sex, but now it's the exact opposite. And you know, the same lines of hypocrisy is the same people screaming they wouldn't take Trump's vaccine or shilling for Trump's vaccine. The same people who were against the government back in the all in the family days are now totally pro-government. The same people who were anti-pro big pharma and big business are now all on the side of pharma and big business. And once again, nobody's shouting how did you totally switch sides why is jeff bezos the hero why is easy
2: because back then you know during the all in the family days the u.s government was primarily protecting american interests Mm -hmm. now it's not and you know same thing with both big companies 50 years ago corporate america was a lot more patriotic than it is today today corporate america is is working for our enemies. And that makes them a lot more attractive to these leftists.
0: I mean, I got I to gotta figure that if five years ago, you said the entire left would be fighting to give Pfizer billions of dollars, you would have been stuck on Liberty Block for your whole life. I mean, you would have been total tinfoil hat, right? And now look what's going on. I mean, yeah. Pfizer, nothing was as vilified, I don't believe, as big pharma. Is
2: this mm-hmm. true. I mean, you know, Obama did make nice with big pharma. I mean, I I don't think this is uniquely new to to COVID. Obamacare really gave a lot of money to to Big Pharma.
0: We may have been the first company started to move there, possibly. You're making a good point. But Big Pharma was, they were the boogeyman. And everybody has switched sides totally. We on the conservative side are the ones saying, you know, we don't need to give another trillion dollars to Pfizer. To give third shots, which may or may not be worth anything. You know, Israel's going full speed ahead now with the third shots. And I gotta imagine that's coming here real soon.
2: Well, the interesting thing about all the you know, the booster shots is that it's making clear that the vaccines are not really vaccines, they're really just another form of prophylaxis. And you're just gonna have to keep taking them the same way that if you had you know ivermectin or a cocktail of zinc and vitamin d and vitamin c you know the the cocktails and the ivermectin they're not they're not the same as a vaccine in the sense that you have to keep taking it but so what the the vaccines themselves are are not giving long lasting immunity they're giving short term immunity if they're giving immunity at all i mean they're 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 not giving any immunity from catching the virus, maybe they're giving some immunity towards some spread. I, I don't know, but, or not spread towards some of the symptoms, but.
1: I mean, they seem to change the message every hour. Uh, they certainly do. I mean, my head is, is spinning. I can't keep up. I mean, does the vaccine uh, address the, the uh, Delta variant or not? And I've seen people on the other side, the pro-vaxxers, and pretty much admitting that it doesn't. Right. Meanwhile, they keep telling us that, to take it. But the because next it's not
2: about science. It's about I them I, being I, able to I, tell you to do it.
1: But I, I mean, it's just like, I don't know how the cognitive dissonance is so, you know, flummoxing, flabbergasting. But that's what I'm saying. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't, yeah. Can't, I can't keep up with it.
3: Yeah. It's because reality is irrelevant. When reality is irrelevant to people,
0: to it's the left, it could years. be anything, it, it could be, be different days. today or tomorrow. You said the opposite five minutes ago.
2: Well, I think I think that the interesting thing about the American left is as supposed compared to say, I don't know, the Chinese left or, or even the Soviet left, you know, with Stalin and Lenin. I mean, not to extol those guys, you know, those dictators as, as great men or anything, but you with the American left, you have leadership by the worst of the worst. I mean, not not the worst morally which is what the soviet and the chinese variants were we've got the most incompetent people as leaders i mean thank god we don't have th- that these leftists are such morons because they're constantly revealing themselves to be complete idiots if they had even a, if they had any any little talent whatsoever we we'd be in a lot more trouble but you know they don't have they don't have a stalin they don't have a Lenin. I mean, they have they have wannabe Stalins and wannabe Lenins and wannabe Mao's, but they don't have anybody who's who's potent. They're all impotent fools, all of them. They're all losers. You're saying they like lack gravitas. Not grav. I, I, I'm saying they lack competence, basic competence at anything. I mean, Stalin at least was a, a competent killer. I'm not. I'm not in favor of that. I'm not happy about it, but. <laughs> These people are complete idiots. I'm not even sure that they could get the concentration camps to work.
3: Can I postulate a theory? Okay, so as I said already, when you, you know, in Illinois, for example, when, when the media is so on your side that you can be the most derelict person in the world and they make you look like a hero, think of the people that that party puts up. I mean, you literally can be an idiot and the media has a very good way of selecting out of recreating reality. And so maybe the American left Democrats have done that for so long, the media has covered for them for so long, they've never had to really answer tough questions. They've never really had to be uh, put through the ringer like Republicans tend to be. And so now the party's paying for it. That's what they have, derelict people. Wait, are
0: you asserting that somebody like Lori Lightfoot could be a mayor?
3: Listen, I'm not joking. Um, I'm not she, joking. There's like 70 people shot every day now. It's no, like, I'm I'm so just crazy. saying when when she was running, she literally seemed like the best of the candidates. Are you serious? Can tell you, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> even, even people on the right were well at yeah. least they picked the best of the group that was the best yeah.
0: of the group and again with oh. all the black lives matter the amount of shootings there i i gotta tell you you know one of our members of the show once in a while is doing combat medic training and he's going to all kinds of really cool places <laughs> to get it i would assume if you want to be a combat medic the place to go is chicago there are literally as many shootings there as there are on any battlefield in the, in the world today.
3: Yes, but see, that proves my point. You can literally be murdering people and reality is irrelevant to the left. Reality is not, they, they can totally change the narrative. They can control whether you see it. And if you happen to see it, they can control what's true about it and what's not true, excuse me. They can control your belief of what's true about it. Reality is irrelevant. Chicago is a it, Detroit. Really good examples of how they have a really, really good way of making ira- reality completely irrelevant and not even just totally manipulate it for their benefit.
0: I think it gets back to something we've said a whole bunch of times in the past. We need to be more of the ridiculers
3: and Amen. Really
0: shout people down. Like, what are you? No, t- we-
3: it's the, we need to stop going on defense. Just mm-hmm. like what Ed just did when I, I, I can't remember what I brought up, but he went on. Oh, he said, you don't get to talk about, you don't get some paint morality when, you know, you killed, you support. They're going to talk, so yeah. talk about Let's murder. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think that's exactly what we need to do is never go on, on defense, go directly to offense. Don't you talk to me about murder Look at the inner city people that look at the Democrats that you've supported. Look at uh, the abortion you support. Look at, you know, you could name lots of different things. How many people are dying in, the, in our inner cities? And you guys are talking, acting like you have some sort of moral high ground about murder. Clearly, you don't.
0: Well, I think didn't Oregon just take the moral high ground, what they just did with education out there? was it the governor or the board of education that said you no longer have to be able to read and write to graduate high school officially?
2: Yeah, I saw that.
0: That's the moral high ground, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're educating your children at a price of $20,000 a kid a year, stealing that money from parents, filtering it through unions. And we don't even say officially, you have to read and write to get out of high school. Forget Baltimore, where I think I forget, a whopping percentage have a uh, one or below GPA of high school graduates. Yeah, you're right. And I think we have to be far more, um, like you say, the ones asserting and not the ones defending.
3: Go on offense, not defense.
0: Yep. Um, Jody, I don't want you to leave before we get to the most important story of the day. Now, I have to tell you, I'm embarrassed because our fearless leader, when I asked him who Robin was, he did not know. Robin? Robin. Who's Robin?
2: Batman and Robin.
0: I mean, I was really embarrassed. I don't know what kind of a parent I uh, was. How could anybody not know who Robin is? Oh, well, Robin is what coming out. When you say out. Batman, then I, I'm like, what Robin are you talking about? Okay. Robin is coming out. You guys are giving me these oh. tears. He is officially coming out in the comic as Bye. Yep. Lovely. I, I don't even want to know what this says about our culture.
3: Okay. What
0: else?
3: Interesting.
2: It's one more attack on the nuclear family.
0: It is absolutely one more attack. One, You know what? Batman and Robin, certain people in my family, I won't say who make fun of me because I watch that show a lot because I think it's so unbelievably stupid. It competes only with Lost in Space for stupidest shows that in Ultraman, stupidest shows in the history of the human race. But it was meant to be kind of leave it to Beaver wholesome, you know, you know, good defeats evil in a half an hour. And, you know, they're all so squeaky clean, et cetera, et cetera, and such do-gooders. And now we have to, even that we have to attack. And it's, it's just so pitifully sad. I think Didn't Supergirl come out a couple movies ago?
2: I don't remember that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I
0: think she did. I don't, I'm not following Supergirl that much, but I believe she did. Now Robin, I mean, there's literally nothing left of the nuclear family that's not under attack. And going back to what you said, Ed, that's very much part of the plan was to destroy the nuclear family. And they've succeeded probably beyond their wildest dreams.
2: Well, not just that, but I mean, I also earlier in the show I, I object. I said we're not dealing with a with an economics or or a materialist attack. This is really a cultural attack mm-hmm. on on our culture, on our privacy, on the way we raise our children. Uh, that's really what the what the bat. That's the real battle. All these other things are sort of little skirmishes and side battles. I mean, yes, the left is trying to loot us, but they're really trying to loot the spirit more than they're trying to loot loot our wallets. I mean, that's their real goal.
0: You know, it's already, it's 30 years since I got a master's in social work. And I remember back then the indoctrination was so strong that the nuclear family was a hoax, that there was nothing to be looked up to. It was never the norm. There's nothing ideal about it whatsoever. I mean, they literally daily fought against the idea that at least it's an ideal to have two parents living with their biological children throughout at least the lifetime of their children. And it was relentless to battle against that. Really? A relentless, every single day, making fun of the idea of a nuclear family. It's not the statistical norm, it's not the ideal. I mean, it was horrible. You,
3: what to, was the ideal it, in there? Like, you know, communes?
0: Diversity, diversity. Whatever else is not the nuclear family, was better. And you almost felt defensive, and I'm not making that up, if you were part of a nuclear family. And even if you weren't, if you held that up as the ideal. Do you remember when there used to be a term called broken home? Now I recognize a tremendous whopping amount of children grow up in divorced families. I'm one of them. But it at least spoke to the fact that there's an ideal of maybe families should stick together. So yes, 50% don't do it well, maybe, and maybe that's for the better, maybe not, but that there's an ideal. When, you know, when Leave it to Beaver or Father Knows Best was at least an ideal. They yeah. relentlessly pounded that type of a thing.
1: Well, didn't now, Dan- What, what did they
0: get? They got that every single person in
1: prison, something like 80% of them come from
0: fatherless families.
1: Didn't uh, Dan Quayle get skewered for the whole family, family values thing? Yeah, what was that, Murphy Brown or something? Yeah. yeah, there was a Murphy Brown episode, yeah. yeah. She
0: was a single mother or something. Yes, I'm saying, so they destroyed the idea that that's even a good thing to be. And again, I think, you know, you're right, Ed. They've destroyed the culture. They've destroyed it purposefully. And I don't uh, I don't know if I look at it as the main battle or not, but I look at it as these are the cleanup from destroying everything else. Now they're just cleaning up by passing new laws. And doing. Well, same. I
1: mean... You could trace us back to, to the women's movement in, in the 70s, right? I mean, <clears throat> women can be the same as men, blah, blah, blah. And motherhood was frowned upon. And, you know, when you start taking a look at the big picture and we talk a lot about education in the schools and how the hell did we get here with a lot of this stuff? Well, when, when moms are not home, my, my mom was home until I was at least 11 years old. I have two older brothers, and she didn't go back to the workforce till then. They were around; they were in a PTA; they were involved. Now it's not not like that, right? I mean, you have two parents; I have to go to work, and they don't have a lot of time for all this other stuff. And, and I think way, that, that
0: in the socialist culture, it's it, the ideal is to give your child up to society at two years old. I mean, you know, I, I've lived in Israel, and the kibbutz ideal literally was your children were raised by the the commune. And that's yeah. modeled perfectly against Russia.
1: Right. It's unabashedly the socialist model. And it's even before kindergarten now too, right? Because oh, yeah. a lot of people have, have no choice as two parents' families. is that. Yeah, you've got to send your, your kid to a, pre- a pre-K too, so.
3: Yeah, so um. the modern day uh, leftist woman, I don't know, I'm generalizing. I'm just saying sometimes they don't want to raise the kids, but they also don't want to go to work. It's not like, you know, don't want to do either one. I'm generalizing, I'm sorry, that wasn't very nice, was it?
0: <laughs> That's okay, but it, it is a cultural war and for the most part, I don't know who the we is, but for the most part, we've lost.
2: I wouldn't say we've lost, but I'd say we're losing. The The war is still going, It's the battle is still joined and we have to keep resisting or we have to start resisting.
0: Yeah, wasn't resistance a good thing a few years ago? I, I seem to remember Hillary Clinton saying That's
1: right. Like that. Hashtag maybe. resist. Yes. Yeah.
0: We should have like bought all those bumper stickers. Mm. I mean, maybe we should be the ones with the resist stickers. Yeah, very sad. Okay, Ed, it's that time of the week for you to bring up what I didn't.
2: <laughs> I think we covered pretty much everything. I mean, we talked a little, you know, we, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, federalism. And I, I think that, you know, the left seems to understand federalism a lot better than than the right does. That's That was a point I wanted to make about, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, whether states or localities or who should make decisions. And I, I think that, you know, when you look at, those Florida, there are some Florida school districts that are trying to defy DeSantis. DeSantis, uh, I think in, in Florida, it's legislation. And in Texas, Abbott just issued an executive order where the local school districts are not allowed to impose mask mandates. And what are those local leftist jurisdictions doing? They're thumbing their nose and they're saying we're doing it anyway. And they're daring the governor to go and do something about it. And I, I think and I hope that DeSantis and, and Abbott are going to do something about it. But more generally, I think that the left seems to have a much better grasp of, of federalism than the right does. The right needs to understand that you know sanctuary cities or sanctuary, you know this whole concept of, of the sanctuary, uh, maybe it's not as bad a word as it's been made out to be over the last 10 or 15 years. The right needs to learn that the way to resist what you perceive to be tyranny from above is to resist it and to say, you're not doing that here. And to you know make it as hard as possible for the higher level government to do anything. I mean, the, you know, the, the Federalist Papers talked about that. Um, both Madison and Hamilton wrote about how localities and, and state legislatures in particular would jealously guard the, their powers and, and protect the liberties of their citizens. And that's that's something that people on the right don't seem to be able to do. I mean, you know, I'm here in North Carolina, and our legislature is, we have, we have a bicameral legislature, and each house is about one or two votes short of a supermajority. And I'll be darned if every time we want to do something, I have to listen to the fact that, well, we don't have enough votes. You know, we don't have enough votes. The governor is just going to veto. And yet, right now, redistricting is a huge issue in the state, and the Democrats are the ones who are pushing forward and putting their plan out there and fighting for it. And I guess that's that's a slightly different issue, but more generally, the, the Democrats fight, and the Republicans, whether they have the majority or the minority, they don't know how to they don't know how to fight. I mean, when you're in the minority, you have to affirmatively take action. You got to make your case. And, you know, if you if you want a Second Amendment sanctuary, then you need to say we're we're not going to enforce federal gun control in this in this jurisdiction. If you want, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to keep illegals out of your out of your jurisdiction, then you have to say you have to rent a couple of buses and put them on a bus and send them to Chicago, send them to New York, send them to Los Angeles. You know, if, if these leftists really want it that badly, fine. We don't have to deport them out of the country. That can be a federal. That can be a federal uh, responsibility. We're not deporting them; they can stay in the country. We don't want them in our in our state, and they have no right to be here in the first place. If the feds want to make an adjudication, let them go make their adjudication. But until they do, they're not legal, and we don't want them here, and we're going to get them out. And I would keep sending the buses. and And frankly, you know, as a lawyer, I, I hesitate to say this, but some of these local governments need to be able to, to, to tell to tell these court you know to, to respond to these court orders the same way that that Biden responded to the Supreme Court saying that the eviction moratorium couldn't be extended through uh, through the CDC and that it could only be extended through Congress. And what did Biden do? He acknowledged it was unconstitutional and he went and did it anyway. He thumbed his nose at the Supreme Court and there's no th- th- there's no consequence right now. There's no impeachment talk there's, I mean, other than Marjorie Taylor Greene, nobody is talking about impeaching him. Nobody is, is talking about doing anything about it. You know, and, and people on our side need to understand that courts have limited power. They can issue orders. Lots of these, lots of these yeah. orders are, are improper and, and wrong. And it's up to our elected officials to resist those orders. Andrew Jackson famously said in 1830, you know the Supreme Court has spoken, now let's see them enforce their order. Well, the left seems to understand that, and they seem to be able to, to fight back and say, "You know what? We don't care what the court said. You know, as I've mentioned previously on this show, the, the, the city of Chicago's gun control laws were attacked in the, in the city of Chicago versus McDonald case in 2010, 11 years ago, and they still have the most rigid, strict gun control laws in the country. They don't care. We, should, we need to be able to look at the Supreme Court or, or, or some, you know, even worse, some local district court judge who thinks he's got power to, to issue a nationwide injunction. We need to put a middle finger to him and say, you don't have that power. You don't get to do that, period.
0: Well, I think while Biden was thumbing his nose at the constitution more than the Supreme Court, wasn't McConnell celebrating the big victory of the infrastructure bill?
2: And probably, well, yeah, we've got traitors in the Republican Party. I mean, that's that's true.
0: I'm saying we, we don't fight, not because we're chicken. We don't fight because Republicans don't believe this stuff. They only believe it when they're running in a primary. And after that, they don't bother believing any of this stuff. But we, we keep sending them there. So, you know, it's interesting because I was going to mention one other story and I hope it never becomes true. You, you said a minute ago, I'm a lawyer and maybe I shouldn't say this. I think that's pretty close to your words. There's a story out from, what is this, this body is called the Federation of State Medical Boards, which apparently regulates every state medical board and basically is threatening any doctor who uh, gives out vaccine misinformation could lose their medical license. And we've talked about this many times before. Gee, no doctors are speaking against it. Well, yeah, because they're petrified. And then I look at you as a professional, I know me as a professional in a different profession, These boards and the people in charge, they have no problem disbarring an attorney for speaking out in a pro-freedom way, just like they have no problem taking away a medical license or a therapist license or anything else. So then you wonder, why aren't hundreds of lawyers speaking out the way so-and-so did? Well, because they're scared. And then they say, but there's no articles in the peer-reviewed journals. Well, you know why? Because you've scared them all to death. And again, like you say, Joey, that's how they win. They shut us all up. There's probably many, many people who feel the same way you do about it, Ed. But how many people are going to risk their lives? And then what happens is, obviously, if they can't disbar you, they go to your firm. And they say, if you want to do business with anybody ever again, you have to disassociate from this person. And eventually they win one way or the other.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's why it was really important decades ago to start seeing these things and create our shadow economies and avenues, you know, having parachutes out
0: for people. Well, so I don't know. decades ago, I think we still could have fought this. I think we watched it happen and we're busy going about our lives. So, you know, we're the ones who let it happen. It wasn't, wasn't our children and it wasn't our grandparents. We're the ones who sat by and watched them just sweep up their victories. We laughed at all in the family, didn't we? (laughs) Whoever thought- Quite a bit. I don't think anybody thought Meathead would win back then.
2: He was a complete idiot then and they're still complete idiots today.
0: (laughs) They run the world and Sally Struthers, what was her name in the show? I can't remember. Gloria. Gloria, yes, we thought she was a fool. It's her way of thinking that took over the country. Okay. Closing
1: words, if anybody has any. We left out dingbat. I I just want to (laughs) point that out. I don't think we're allowed to use those words anymore. (laughs) Well, I I mean, for me, I just wanted to kind of reiterate what I was saying before, because, um, you know, as I'm taking a step back and seeing everything that's going on and, and an element of our society really pushing the mandate things on us, putting guns to our head. I, I think it's reaching a little bit of a boiling point. Uh, I'm not sure how it's gonna manifest itself right now, uh, but it is part of the whole cultural narrative. We have a lot of people who don't believe in freedom like we do, don't believe in freedom of choice and wanna not only tell us what to do, but they're certainly very content being subjects instead of citizens. And that, that's pretty much how I feel we are right now in a place like New Jersey, where the, the governor is now reimposing mask mandates in the schools, um, you know, and, you know, it's something obviously I don't want for my kid, and I'm trying to figure out which way to turn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation like a lot of people, but that's that's kind of the way I feel right now in terms of where we are. When did start it, it, in New Jersey? Uh, usually right after Labor Day. After Labor Day, they still have time to
0: not open.
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you, I feel like, you know, the lockdowns are coming. But let's focus on one one quick thing. Um, There's no other option right now this year for remote. I mean, it'd be one thing to tell people, hey, we get a mask mandate, but you can keep your kid home right now. There's no option for that. Okay. So what happens when the kid gets sick and it gets has to quarantine for two weeks and they can't go to school? And is the rest of the class gonna to have to quarantine now? Is, are they gonna shut down? My kid's uh, fourth or sixth grade because one one or two kids got it, and now there's no. Now what? They're gonna the, the teacher's gonna send lessons home and they're gonna just find a way to work at home. What if the parents back to work? What if it's a single mom that doesn't have her own unemployment now? I know we fr- we frown on on all this stuff, but. The reality is, a lot of people are in a bad spot. So now, what what happens with that with that single mom and her kid gets sent home? She's supposed to tell her employer, "Sorry, I got I got to sit home." They did it once before. Okay, in certain occupations, you can get away with it, but with others you can't. Yeah. Jody.
3: Oh, is it closing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to step away. No. So I just wanted, uh, you mentioned earlier that we have, um, anarchists who listen to the show. And I wonder if any would come on the show and talk about it. Cause I've got questions like, you know, what do you do when you want to leave your house? And, you know, there's no property laws. So I'm just curious if anybody listening and that would come in, you know, and I really have questions. I'm very interested in that perspective
0: and learning more. You know, I have to tell you, Jody. So, Y'all familiar with Porkfest by this time? Yes. So at Porkfest, I got into an argument with a pure anarchist. I won't mention his name at the moment, but he's written books and he would probably be very willing to come on the show if we decide we can have him. And I think if we treated him respectfully, I think we'd have a great time with him. I actually argued with him for about 45 minutes. (laughs) Ed, you would have been proud because I took the more conservative side of the argument. And I took it because I said, look, I lean more towards what you're saying than what the pro-government people are saying, but I got a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of holes in your argument. And we actually had a really good debate for like 45 minutes. I think Allah was Kind of surprised how hard I was hitting him, but if we decide that we would love to have somebody like that on the show, um, I think as long as we're you know kind, wonderful, respectful, like we always are, I think we can ask the hard questions. I mean, oh. you-,
3: you know, their case gets better, and I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I again I want to learn more, but the more you see how corrupt government can be, the more their case that's just I just want to listen, I just want to hear, I want to ask I, questions. I said, what
0: do you do? I said. <laughs> you know, how to get people to stop at the end of the street, who builds the street, I mean, all the questions. And I kept saying, well, what you're suggesting is government. And I I kept saying, you know, I said, what if I go into your house and molest your child? What are you going to do? Well, we're going to take you to be judged. I said, well, that is government. No, you're going to be judged by other people, but that is government. I said, no matter what you do, you're going to have to have some authority. That means you have some government.
3: Who is the governing body? Is it the people in
0: your? No, from you. He goes, well, we'll come to your house and we'll take it back. I said, but what if I claim it's mine? You're still going to need somebody to judge.
3: What if he shoots you when you come to get your stuff?
0: And I really had this argument, but I had it because I really would like to hear a good argument. Me too.
3: That's why I would love it. They came on.
0: I don't think you can have pure anarchy any more than you can have a family without parents.
3: Or pure commun- or communism.
0: Well, like, and parents are a government. I yeah. know my father many times told me this is not a democracy. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say that nowadays, but they said that back in the 60s a lot.
3: I say that to my kids. They'll say, uh, I have free speech. I can say what I want. And I'm like, this is not a democracy. And it's not how it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. You pay your own
3: bills. Day, okay. You can say you what you want on. and live how you want. i
0: vote on it, but right. only my vote counts. Yeah
1: that on the other side of that door you can do whatever you want you're free to leave mm-hmm. but no i think <laughs> if we want to do it i would love to have a guy like that on because i think it's a, it, it's a
0: very interesting discussion I'm,
3: just, I'm curious i would love that discussion
0: but one thing that seems to be true which pushes me more towards that side is government is killing a heck of a lot of people and yeah. that really we used to think stalin killed people mao killed people our government kills a lot of people, and especially with COVID. And that's pretty sad.
2: But what is our government doing to kill people the most? It's it's enforcing anarcho-tyranny on us. It's It's making us defenseless and then allowing private actors to harm us. See, now, one
0: of my big fights with the anarchists is I think the Constitution was a good thing that didn't fail. I believe it's a good thing that realized it needed to be rebooted constantly and they that's why they wrote a declaration of independence so i don't see it as a failure i see it as it's only good to a point and then you got to restart it um a lot of the anarchists think that the constitution itself was a bad idea and i know there's arguments on both sides and i think obviously history has shown the federal government's a little bit bigger than it was supposed to have been but you know i ed i'll give you a few minutes and then i have one other thought i want to share
2: well we I alluded to something earlier and I just want to make sure I emphasize that I the infrastructure bill has provisions that are that Ted Cruz went on the floor in in, in the Senate and said would kill the cryptocurrency industry And I think I, I've been saying for months now on this show that that I think that's going to be the end one of the end games of the Democrat Party that they're gonna they're gonna institute a digital currency which is their own version of a crypto kind of currency without uh, physical currency or physical coins, um, and they don't like competition. They don't want. They're not going to allow, uh, particularly the kind of competition that cryptocurrency offers, which is totally hidden from the government. Um, the The provisions of this bill that are aimed at cryptocurrency are being justified precisely on the basis that the government can't track. And they're, as I recall, they're trying to require, uh, they're trying to require the cryptocurrency uh companies for lack of a better word to to report various transactions to the government which the current the which the crypto uh businesses can't report because they don't have access to the information based on the privacy and the same way that say obama broke the swiss banks privacy laws in 2009 to 2011 I really see that the, the federal government is going to crack down and look to break the secrecy and privacy of crypto. Um, and I think it's going to dovetail with, with their imposition of a digital currency, which, is, which in turn is going to allow them to attack our privacy and monitor us far, far more closely than they do today. And I think already that they're monitoring me way more than I want them to be able to monitor me. So um, I think that's what's coming down the pike. I think we need to be aware of it. We can't get blindsided by it. And insofar as we can speak out and do things to oppose the attack on crypto and the attack and, and the imposition of a digital currency, we need to speak up and we need to do whatever we can and tell our legislators this is a bad idea because it is.
0: Amen. Um, I just gonna take 30 seconds and we can come back to this topic next week because it's ongoing. But if any place is gonna show this problem with the federal government versus the states and federalism, et cetera, it's the Texas border issue. And I had, had a good talk with Daniel Miller from Texas Nationalist Movement the other day. And this issue is really explosive. And if anything's gonna build up support for secessionist movements is the federal government insisting that you have to allow criminal invaders, who by the way are could be COVID positive into your state and there's nothing you could do about it. And I think that's an issue that's coming real close to an explosion because we're complaining in our states, if we were living in Texas and these people, while they're yelling about COVID, they're letting in COVID positive people and we're not allowed to know who they are and they don't have to wear masks and they don't have to get vaccinations, I think we'd be even a lot more angry than we are. So with that, I will wish everyone a good afternoon and a good evening. Thank you for joining us. As always, please leave us feedback at djsshow at protonmail.com. Have a wonderful evening.
2: Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Thank Hi, everybody.
3: You.